Hi, this is Kelly. And this is Jenna. And you're listening to ODFM. Today's episode is One Deflection from Murder. Shout outs. Yes, this is a big week. Yes, this is a big week. So we have to do a shout out to um, Nikki Stewart. Nikki, thank you so much. Super excited. You've been very supportive since um, day one. And now you're officially a a Patreon subscriber too. Yeah, what is she? A dedicated fan on there, right? She is. She's dedicated. She's totally dedicated. She's totally dedicated. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nikki. We love you. We Um, do. Well, in our second shout out is Jennifer Rouse. She, but she's just so sweet. So thank that you is for so listening awesome. to us. Thank you for listening. Thank you for um, supporting us and, and, you know, our, our shenanigans. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, hope we can bring you more. In fact, yes. wait until you see the shenanigans we've already experienced today. <laughs> oh, God, it's already been epic and we haven't even recorded anything yet. <laughs> Are you ready for today's story? I am so ready. I need out of my own head, so I'm ready. Oh, you know what? And podcasts in general, but especially our podcast, is really good for getting out of your head. It gets me out of my head. It's freaking therapy. Yeah, I'm hoping it gets listeners out of their heads because, you know, you get into like, you focus on the story and then we throw in these bizarre comments and you're like, (laughs) wait, what? And you don't have time to think about your own crap. (laughs) No time. Just lose yourself in the podcast. It'll be great. Exactly. I promise. Exactly. It's therapy. Um, it is. It's therapy. Kelly, you're going to have to be ready for this one. You might have to put in some clever sound effects. I am gonna... so excited about sound effects. So, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Right. This is One Deflection from Murder. On the evening of September 6th, 2006, 51-year-old Susan Kuhnhausen believe that's how you say her name. I tried to look it up. Left the Providence Portland Medical Center where she worked as an ER nurse. She had an appointment to get her hair done um, and she told her stylist that she was recently, she was in the process of getting a divorce. It's been very, very stressful. She wanted fresh color. She wanted to feel, yeah. you know. Yeah, like new beginnings. Exactly, right? So after, you know, she got her hair cut and colored and she's feeling better and she's feeling refreshed, she made her way back to her house in Southeast Portland. Okay. When she arrived home, still wearing her blue scrubs from the from the office, or I guess that's not an office, the hospital, her yeah. office. So she entered her home the way she normally does through the back entrance. There's like a mud room. And there she found a note from her soon-to-be ex-husband, Mike, that read, quote, Sue... Haven't been sleeping, had to get away, went to the beach, love me. Hmm. Love was also spelled L-U-V. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Love. Um, love me. So, okay. So he left her a note. Yeah. So, okay. They're still on decent terms. Yeah. Obviously, he was yeah. at the house and left her a note. Right. Apparently, she had asked him to house sit for her cats. So thinking of it, of nothing of it, she unlocked the door to the kitchen. So I guess you go into the mudroom and you're still like in the outside okay. area. But yeah. So she unlocks the door to the kitchen and she unarms their security alarm. There's okay. a security alarm at the house. And well, it was her house. He wasn't have, living there. I have a house. comment about security alarms. <laughs> yes. I've got oh one boy. at the shop yesterday. So the keypad, something's wrong with it. And I 
it would well, not that's let that's helpful. Yeah, it would not <laughs> let me key in the code. And I'm like, fuck. So it starts going off and it's like ear oh, piercing. No. <sighs> so I'm trying to talk to the, you know, of course the company calls and they're like, are you in danger? Blah, blah, blah. You've got to give us your safe word. And I'm like, oh shit, it's my safe word. <laughs> and you're you know? panicking because who can think uh, of a safe word when the alarm's going off and, and you can't ring, think straight? And I'm like, I, I know it. Just give me a second. Banana, banana. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So yeah, that's fun. Anyway, that security is fun. alarms. Yeah. Security alarms. Uh, that's good times. Yeah. She went ahead, she turned off her security alarm. She walked through the house to the front door and then out the front door to get the mail. So this was like her typical thing. I guess they parked in the back or she parked okay. in the back or whatever. So, so she went through the front door to get the mail. So after a few minutes of flipping through her mail in the front yard, just, you know, casual, she went back to the house and realized it was very dark in her first floor bedroom. And that was odd because she usually opened the curtains in the morning. Hmm. So, and it was still yeah. daylight at this time. It was like, uh, like 6.30 PM or something. And you know, it was like not quite dusk, but she's like, wow, it's okay. really dark back there. Yeah, something. So cool. she goes and she enters the bedroom and she catches something out of the corner <gasps> of her eye. Some, uh-huh, right? <laughs> Much like what just happened to me. Yes. Um, <laughs> someone lurched at her from behind the bedroom door. Oh, no, that's uh -huh, not okay. Yeah. No. A strange man in dockers, a blue striped shirt, and a tan baseball cap that was pulled down low over his eyes. How um, did they know they were dockers? Was she like looking at the label? She was like, This was very important to her. She was, this was very <laughs> important dockers? to her. She was like, If I have to report this, I want to be able to tell the brand of yes. like, pants he was wearing. Right? She's like, Wait before you grab me. <laughs> right, exactly. Under those amazing right. pants. What if. Those fit excellently. Those look really good on you. <laughs> um, okay, so, all right, coming out of his baseball hat was a long ponytail. Ew. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> he had on yellow rubber gloves. I'm imagining, like, you know, mm. when you do the dishes. Mm -hmm. Yellow rubber gloves. Okay. <laughs> and he was swinging a red and black claw hammer. Wow. So he was swinging a hammer at her. Yeah. Jesus. Dude. Luckily for Susan, she and the other nurses at the hospital had participated in regular self-defense training that the <gasps> hospital provided for them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned in an article that, you know, she, she did the training. She worked in the ER. There was oh, okay. times yeah. where it could be useful, right? I could imagine. Imagine. Yeah. But she, it, like in the training, she, she had wondered if, you know, is this is something I'm ever going to remember if I'm in a situation. Right, right. And the react? answer is yes. Awesome. I love her. Right? She's a badass. So, now remember, this is a 51-year-old nurse, okay? This yeah. isn't like a 22-year-old goes to like, you yeah, know, fitness. Zumba regularly. Yeah. Okay, this is, right? So when her assailant came at her, Susan knew that she was supposed to crowd him so that the swings of his weapon would have less force. That's which is very interesting. So as he charged her, yeah, she actually stepped into it instead of because your instinct would totally be to do the opposite. Right. Exactly. And here she was worried that, like, in the heat of the moment, she wouldn't yeah, remember this forget. stuff. And she did. Amazing. But his, fir his first swing at her landed a blow square on her left temple. <gasps> oh. With a hammer. Ow. Duh, right? God. So he still, he still got a good shot in. Mm -hmm. So as loudly as she could scream, she screamed, who are you? What do you want? Nice. But he didn't answer. He didn't yeah, answer. That's and he just scarier. continued. Right? I know. He just continued to come at her. She was five foot four. So she was a good five inches shorter than her attacker. 
Holy cow. She also had two bad knees from repeated injuries and excess weight. So she's 51, uh, yeah. she's got bad knees, she's overweight. Right. Like I said, and she came at him. God, <laughs> that's she awesome. Came at him. Uh, her assailant was tall and slender, and she quickly realized that she outweighed him significantly. Ooh, that's good. But she, you know, in other situations, you don't want to look at yeah. a guy and go, ooh, I outweigh you significantly. <laughs> but in this instance, it worked. It was beneficial. See, there's a good reason. Um, so there's a reason for my love of pizza and cake. I'm just, it's survival. It's survival. Yeah. It's self-preservation. Yes, just in case. <laughs> Next time I'm shoving my mouth full of chocolate, I'll be like, hey, I'm working on my self-defense moves, okay? Yes. Do not judge me. I need to up Do my weight. Do not judge me, right? Yeah. Exactly. The lighter I am, the easier it is to lift me up and carry me off. That's right. So so since she realized this, she was like, okay, hoping to push him over, she actually slammed her body up against his. Wow. Again, goes against what you would think, right? He didn't fall and he pushed back at Susan and he pushed her against the wall of the bedroom. But then he uttered the only words he would say the whole night, which was, you're strong. Ah! Damn straight, <laughs> motherfucker. Right, exactly, right? So I'm sure that gave her like a, a boost. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 right? However, in an interview, she said hearing those words made her realize that the man was there specifically to kill her. It wasn't like he was, like that was his goal, at least at that point. It wasn't oh, like shit. he was just trying to get out of the way. Or So she pushed him again and screamed, who sent you? She's just like, who sent you? Wow. <laughs> Right? Wow. I just, I keep picturing like those, those spy movies and stuff where they're beating each other up. Who do you work for? (laughs) MI6. Exactly. That's what I'm picturing. She managed to wrestle the hammer from him. Holy shit. That's awesome. And, uh uh-huh. And she swung the claw side into his head three to four times. Oh, Oh, yeah. She was not going down. I love this woman. I love her. He managed to snatch the hammer back. Oh, so she grabbed his throat. Girl, is that so fucking awesome. I know, right? Okay. She screamed, who sent you here again? while squeezing his airway as hard as she could. Holy shit. She watched his face change from red to purple to (gasps) almost blue. Whoa. Then she kind of panicked and she let go and ran. I'm sure she's like, oh my God, this guy's gonna die. (laughs) So, but he caught her as as she got to the hallway. So started to grab her. He spins her around, he punches her several times in the face, splitting her lip. She falls to the floor and when she looks up, He's standing over her with the hammer. Oh my God. So this has got to be like, so this is when she said, this was like where she thought, okay, this is it. I'm going to die here. This oh. is, you know. Damn, she she managed instead. And again, I know, right? I was like, I don't know that I would have thought of this either. So he's standing over her, right? He's, mm-hmm. She's like, okay, I'm going to die. He's holding a hammer. She pulled him to her onto the floor. Wow. Again, she did the thing where she got in his face instead and she pulled him down and she tried to get the hammer from him. Then she bit him. She bit his arm, she bit his flank, and she bit his thigh. Because they're just like like, scrambling all over the floor, thinking that if he did kill her, the police could at least tie him to her murder. Like this is what she's thinking. She's not thinking she's getting out of this, but she's like, he's not getting away with it. So Um, She even, (laughs) she bit him through his zipper to his genitals. Oh, 
Oh yeah! Yes, girl. That's awesome. That is right? so great. <laughs> You're going down, man. I'm um, taking it with me. I don't know how she had the presence of mind for all this, but she said while she was wrestling with him on the floor and biting him, she started pulling things out of his pockets, not looking to see what kind of, if they were doctors. This is not where <laughs> Oh, I was like, um, I love these pants. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, she was looking for an ID or a wallet that she wow. could like pull out yeah. and like toss under a bed or a dresser so the police would find it. That's freaking amazing. I can't believe, right. Holy you know, cow. she's like, you know. I wonder if it's like time is just going so slowly she can, you know, in that's what I so figured. That she's like doing everything she right? can. Right. All of, I can't believe all of this is amazing. happening, right? Apparently they figured out the attack went on for about 14 minutes. Oh my 14 God. 14 minutes. That's a long time. That's exhausting. Wow. I saw somewhere, I should have written it down and put it in the story. I saw that somewhere where like, if this had been like boxing or something, it would have been similar as like going to like, f- going like four rounds or something, they said. What? That's incredible. It was like, yeah. <laughs> I can't even At believe full it, right? Force. <laughs> Holy yeah, because this is all like life or death, right? Yeah. He's obviously there to kill her and she's just trying not to die. Right. Uh, which is what it would be like if I were in a boxing ring. I would yeah. just be like, I'm just trying not to die here. I'm Stop not trying to win. Me. I'm just running just, in circles. Literally <laughs> just trying not to die. Finally, as they were both laying on their sides in the narrow hallway, Susan threw her left leg over her attacker, climbed up on top of him, and hooked her left arm around his neck. Yes. So she has him in a chokehold. <laughs> right? Awesome. I'm exhausted already, and all I've done is read this to you. She's a freaking wrestler. That's amazing. I know. She screams in his face, tell me who sent you here, and I will call you a fucking ambulance. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I love it. She's she so was cool. trying to freak him out. Like, yeah. you know, catch him off guard and freak him out. Oh, my God. He didn't answer. He just growled. Hmm. All right. So, Su- so Susan tightened her forearm against his throat until he stopped moving. <gasps> oh my God. Wow. Then she grabbed the hammer and ran outside to her neighbor's house. Oh my God. She's amazing. Right? I just, <laughs> just I for her. a minute, just a quick like bow down to you, Susan mm. Kuhnhauser. You are freaking Housen. amazing. Damn girl. Damn girl. <laughs> Susan, we love you. Oh, you inspire us. Holy cow. Seriously. Amazing. So her neighbor, Ann Warnock, uh, called 911. And let me read you the transcription of this 911 call because it's beautiful. Oh, I love it. Okay. Ann, the neighbor, says, We have an intruder in the house next door. The intruder was in the bedroom with the hammer. The woman who lives there thinks she may have strangled him. He was down when she left. (laughs) Right? And they're all like, what? Really? Right. So the 911 dispatcher says... Can you put her on the phone? Anne says, she's bleeding. Dispatcher says, does she need an ambulance? Anne says, no, she's a nurse. She says, call an ambulance for the guy. He may be dead. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's amazing. Dispatcher says, what did she use on him? She strangled him. What else did she do? Anne says, she put a chokehold on him. Dispatcher, I've got help on the way. Stay on the line. Anne says, she has a hammer here. Dispatcher, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Just leave it there. <laughs> um, Anne says, uh, she hit him on the head several times. That's the hammer he had with him. She struck him and she strangled him. She thinks he's dead. Wow. That is so Dispatcher. Cool. I know. Dispatcher says, was he by himself? Anne 
uh, speaking to Susan to the side says, did he have anybody with him? And then to the dispatcher, she says, no, she expressed a concern that it may have been her ex-partner who sent the person. Wow. Dispatcher, have there been problems with her ex-husband or her ex-partner? Anne says, she did talk to Mike, her ex-partner, and asked him to house it for the cats. And he said he couldn't do it. He was on his way to the beach. He left her a note. He knows the alarm. Dispatcher. Okay, that's good information to pass to the officers. Wow. Wow, right? God, they had like I a love that. conversation when she went they over there. They did. They like, had a full-on yeah. conversation, right? Let's grab a cup Several of coffee. Several times. Yeah. Let me tell Call you what happened. Call the ambulance for the other guy. Oh my God. <laughs> that's that. so awesome. I love it. Okay, so I thought this would be a good time to take a break so we could just yes. take in that whole story. Take in just the amazingness let it sink of in. Susan. We Someone came her. to kill her and she's like, hells to the no. <laughs> I'll kill your damn ass. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay, so, quick break. Are you fascinated by true crime like us? If so, check out our podcast, Crime Divers, hosted by me, Jill. And me, Laura. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday when we discuss true crime from around the world. So what are you waiting for? Come join us as we dive in. Are you ready? I am still ready. Okay, so... Susan Walters met Michael Kuhnhausen in 1988 after a friend and Susan's mother paid for a personal ad in the local paper. <laughs> the so ad. This is like pre Tinder and all this stuff. So you had to put out. This is true. Ads. Yes. Yeah. 80, 88. Yeah. There's no Tinder. Yeah. There's no. There's no internet. There's no. <laughs> no. You gotta like. How much? And it's hard to find out? people. It is. It's hot, right? It is. So the ad's headline read, "Someone different." And then (laughs) the text reads, single white female, 33, overweight, but not over life. Oh, that's (laughs) amazing. I love it. I just found that amusing. Overweight, but not over life. Seeks single male who wants more out of a relationship than just slender. Oh, that's awesome. I like her. True. That's what we all want. So she got a reply of, hi, different. My name is Mike. (laughs) It's such a dad joke. It is. <laughs> such a dad joke. <laughs> you know, they're like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm, I'm hungry. Dad. Oh you my know? God. Yes. My dad's really good at that. My dad's um, thing is if you say it's, God, it's so beautiful out today. He says, thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Or if you say someone else looks nice, he says, thank you. <laughs> I know. All right. So here's, okay. I'm a 10-year-old diverse white male. I enjoy most things in nature from wandering in the ape caves at Mount St. Helens to walking on the beach at sunset. Doesn't everybody like to walk on the beach at I sunset think so. when they're doing a personal I mean, yeah. a requirement, right? Yeah, I thought that and was just, they probably, yes. I think they just put that in there instantly <laughs> right. and, yeah, and then you put filler in. Right, exactly. So they spoke many times on the phone before meeting in person. Nice. For their first date in February of 1988, they met at the Crystal Springs Rhododendron Garden next to Reed College, where they wow. fed ducks and Mike tossed unsalted peanuts to squirrels. Because apparently the salt makes them bloated. I don't know. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. unsalted. It was Details. just very specific that it was unsalted. <laughs> Nobody wanted to be accused of raising yeah. their cholesterol. Within the year, they drove to Reno and they got married. Oh, wow. So they hit it off pretty well, pretty quickly. God. Right. But then I'm 
like he's divorced. She's 33. You've been around the block. You've dated some guys. Yeah, you've you kind of know what you want. You're like, yeah. I know what I want. Yeah. According to Susan, the relationship soured very quickly after that. Oh. She said it wasn't very long after we got married that there was no more hiking and no more getting out. Oh. Soon after they got married, uh, Mike started to slowly reveal that he'd never really been happy in his life, like, ever. Oh, fun. His life philosophy was, life is a shit sandwich, and every day you take another bite until you die. Wow. He should make greeting cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, right? Like the demotivational posters right? and exactly. stuff. Like, thanks yes. for bringing us all down, Mike. Wow. Wow. I'm wow. so glad we invited you to our party because, <laughs> wow. Tell me more about how awful everybody's life Ugh. is. So that was his philosophy. Apparently he used that quote a lot. He became more and more despondent, controlling, and lazy the longer they were together. Ugh. While she was a nurse who worked hard to save lives... He was a janitorial supervisor for Oregon Entertainment, which was the parent company of Fantasy Adult Video. Oh, sanitation needed. Oh, right. I'm glad they have a company for that because I. I... (laughs) Right. Oh, God. I can't. Oh, no. So they are living in two very separate worlds. Yeah. The couple never had any children, thank God, because that yeah. just sounds like a freaking disaster. Mike was known to chain smoke while he guzzled Diet Coke. Ooh, I mean, this guy's got sounds, a lot going for him. Yeah, sounds delightful. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the yes. type I usually attract. Oh, wait, this gets better. Let me know about oh. this one. Oh, good. If she tried to kiss him, he'd burp. Mm. On purpose. Uh. Yes. Good God, yes. dude. What good a douchebag. Right? Uh, she also said that he would hound her about her plans when she went out. He so, watched her spending and complained about her purchases. Like, so he's just miserable, but she's not allowed to have any fun right. or do anything. He wants to anything. make her as miserable as he is. Right. Join me in my misery. Let the hate flow through you. Like, <laughs> he's the emperor and she's Darth Vader. Give in to the dark feelings. <laughs> It's like the opposite of Zen. It's like to get you to that point where it's so bad. Oh. (laughs) So after 17 years, 17 years of this. Oh my God. Susan had had enough. Yeah. She's like, I cared about him. I just didn't want to live with him anymore. She said, I wanted to be happy again. Yes. She deserved it. Get out of there. Right. She put in her time, man. Okay, so in September of 2005, this is a year before this attack happened, she kicked him out of the house. He moved into his father's home, but Susan never changed the locks or the alarm code. It was 1210, you said? Oh, it was 1210, their anniversary was the alarm code. All right. That's sad. So she, you know, so she asked him to move out and moved into his father's house. You know, he was already like, life sucks. So this didn't help. But they were trying to keep it amicable. Okay. Right. So that was in September. In 2006, middle of 2006, she asked him to finalize the divorce. Mike was furious. Unfortunately, he had lost his job a few weeks earlier. Oh, no. So now he had nowhere to go. He was broke. He was alone. She wants to finalize this. This was like the last straw for him. Yeah. So Michael Kuhnhausen decided to kill his estranged wife. But not for the insurance money. 
because he knew that she had her brother listed as her beneficiary. Okay. Instead, he wanted to kill her so he could reclaim their house, which at the time was valued at $300,000. Oh my God. So, you know, he's broke. He doesn't have anywhere to live. So he's like, well, I want the house. So I feel like he could have asked for that in the divorce though. No, I I just- Like, or can't we at least half it? Like half the cost right, of it, or, so I could get some Right, exactly. Either you buy me out, yeah, or uh, sure. we we sell it and split the pro. I don't know, whatever. But this oh. was where he decided to go. Yeah, all right. Um, so Mike reached out to Edward Haffey, a friend he had met through a veterans counseling group. Both men had served in Vietnam. Great. <laughs> right, yeah, this is, this is headed in a good direction, right? So, yeah, that, that's great therapy, thanks. Yeah, right, okay. In July of 2004, Mike had hired Ed to clean floors at Fantasy Adult Video. <laughs> um, sorry, I can't, just reading that sentence makes me gag a little bit. Um, Mike asked. <laughs> Mike asked Ed if he would kill his wife by making it look like a burglary gone wrong, and Ed was to be paid fifty thousand dollars after the deed was done. Wow, and if, least- it would have to be after because where was he going to get fifty grand? No doubt. At least he put a pretty good amount on it. I've heard some pretty right, crazy yeah, amounts you know. before. So, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, isn't killing somebody worth more than a house? I don't know. I just... Yeah. Yeah. When you think about it, that's not even a house. So, you know, yeah. I mean, if I'm going to even consider taking somebody else, I want to at least be able to buy some property. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I want Oceanside. Oceanfront would be nice. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? Yeah. You know? It did not take Portland police long to identify Susan's attacker. Police found a wallet with ID in the man's back pocket. Apparently she hadn't gotten to that pocket yet. Oh. Um, but <laughs> but she was on the, you know, she was on the right track. Or yeah. maybe because he was wearing such nice dockers. True. That it was like a good secure out. right, yeah. it was a good secure maybe it had like a button. The button like, yeah, it was I'm button closed. Yeah. <laughs> right? He was like, I don't so want to lose my wallet. <laughs> right? Those dockers, man, they're worth the yeah. money. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so they identified him as Edward Haffey, a 59-year-old Vietnam veteran with a long rap sheet. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Haffey's autopsy showed that he had... Autopsy, though. He did die. Oh, he died. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She took him down. Sorry, I should have specified that. Oh, yeah. He was done. Oh, my God. She was like, oh, he died? Oh, yeah. He, He really did. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Incredible. His autopsy showed that he had a near lethal dose of cocaine in his system when Whoa. he attacked Susan. Wow. I'm just like, don't, if, if you're going to, if someone's paying you to kill somebody, you want to have your faculties right. about you, no? You think. But maybe he did it to be brave. You know, he's like, I got to. <sighs> That's true. Maybe up. it was like, right? Got to uh, be brave. Got to confidence or whatever. Um, but I'm sure that helped with her. You know, although yeah. that would have like really got, if, I guess if he was high on cocaine, that would have gotten him like right? more adrenaline, you would think, right? Right. So does that make him harder to kill or does that make him easier to kill because he wasn't? I feel an experiment coming on. <laughs> I feel an experiment. Who exactly are we getting to know. take this what we get a dose of cocaine? <laughs> okay. You take this. We're going to see what happens <laughs> right, when we exactly. fight. Are you harder to fight or are you right, easier totally. to fight? Totally. Oh, fun. Yeah, yeah, I just was curious. Does that make him easier to take down or harder yeah. to take down? We'll have to research. Uh, whatever. Either way, she's yeah. a badass. I don't she's care. Badass. She's a badass. Whatever. Police also found records that revealed a gruesome crime 15 years earlier. Oh. Uh, when they looked into Happy. 
On February 28th of 1991, Haffey arranged the murder of his ex-girlfriend. At the time, it was 39-year-old Georgia Lee Dutton. Her decomposed body was later found along the Umpqua River near Roseburg, Oregon. So he's already tied to a murder. He had pled guilty to conspiracy to commit aggravated murder in 1994 and spent the next nine years in the Eastern Oregon Correctional Institution. And he was released in November of 2003. So 2003. for murder? Right? Because it was conspiracy. He didn't actually do it. I guess. Okay. Mm -hmm. He was released in November of 2003. After he got out, he met, he moved to Portland and met Mike Kuhnhauser soon after. So it's just a few, a few months later is when he got hired. He met Mike, then Mike hired him. They got some friends in hell. Yeah. and it all goes downhill from there. Right. God. So, uh, so he obviously didn't, uh, he also didn't uh, hire an experienced hitman, obviously, because this guy. Okay. We know you failed the first time, but I feel you got a little <laughs> bit of an experience with that. So. Right. Let's give it another you, shot. You got tips while you were in the big house, right? You guys all talk about this, right? You guys, <laughs> That's true. Although, yeah. although if you're if you're getting tips from people in the big house, those are yeah. all people who also got caught. So yeah. maybe that's so, not a good idea. Yeah. You might want to find okay. the serial killers. There like, you go. Put, it, put an ad out. Put an ad in, in the paper. paper. Just like, you know, yeah. single white male looking for <laughs> experienced hitman. Killers. Experienced. Yes killers to give me tips. Yes. (laughs) All right. So I thought we could take another good break here. Let's take a break. You literally just froze for a second with your eyes closed. (laughs) So it's like, are you ready? And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) is that a no? (laughs) You you sleeping? Okay. Okay. (laughs) Back to our story here. The day after the attack, Susan and a friend went back to the house to collect her belongings. And they immediately noticed an unusual backpack in the basement. Police hadn't noticed the backpack when they expected the house because her basement was pretty cluttered. Yeah. So yeah, kind of, you don't know what is whose. Or right. Yeah. It took somebody to realize that's not mine. Inside the backpack was a container of Hershey's syrup. <laughs> what? Two hundred dollars in cash. Well, hey, this is what people who are high on cocaine take with them when right. they're Good to know. doing a higher hit. Right. <laughs> Hershey syrup, kill kit, $200 in cash, diabetes pills. So maybe you should not have had the Hershey syrup. Just saying. Yeah. Just, um, <laughs> or the cocaine for that matter. But you know, a day book. So his, his planner was in there. You gotta have oh a planner. Oh my God. Um, well, you know, again, this was, well, no, this was 2006. People had phones. He could yeah. have just used his reminders in his phone, <laughs> whatever. He had an actual day book and a pay stub made out to happy. So they had his pay stubs, so we knew it, they knew where he worked, right? <laughs> yeah. An entry in the day book for Monday, September 4th, two days before the killing, had a had a notation that said, call Mike. Oh my God. <laughs> so it's in there. It's <laughs> just pointing right? right I at mean, it. luckily on the 6th, it didn't say do killing. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It didn't attack Susan. No, but it did say, it. call Mike. And then there was a manila envelope that listed Mike Kuhnhausen's new cell phone number. Oh my God. So there was there was some evidence to tie them together there, right? <clears throat> now, on the day of the attack, September 6th, Mike drove his, this is hot too, <laughs> gold Dodge Neon. Oh my God. 
He drove it to the coast, checking into the Lincoln City Inn with a credit card in the afternoon. So he's establishing his alibi here, right? Oh, he left gotcha. a note saying, okay. going to the beach. Right. He drove out there, used a credit card, but then he returned to Portland later that night. Hmm. The day after, he spent $339 on a Taurus 357 Magnum revolver at the Sil- Silver Lining Pawn Shop. Which, by the way, is a great name for a pawn shop. That, that, Silver Lining Pawn Shop. Perfect. Like, <laughs> like got funny. no money? Here's your silver lining. Uh, here you we go. We got crap it half off. We will help Come you. on down. And we'll give you bottom dollar. You're welcome. Right? Bottom dollar. God. Okay, so he buys a gun. This is the day after the... This is... This is... On, okay, so he drove there on the day of the attack. So this is actually after she was attacked. Okay. He bought the gun. Oh. Mm. He left a suicide note at his father's house that said, quote, all I ever wanted was to be loved. And every time I had it, I fucked it up. Um, because you saw life as a shit sandwich. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. No one loves a shit sandwich. No, dude. You know, I mean, God. so he left that note and then he disappeared. So no one's quite sure where he went after that. So police put out a bulletin on him. At 10 a.m. September 13th, so this was, I don't know, a good five days later or something like that, I want to say, five or six days later, a Clackamas County Sheriff's deputy stopped him in the parking garage of the Kaiser Sunnyside Medical Center, where Mike claimed... (laughs) Sorry, I just just envisioned like an old folks home and people shuffling around. Sunnyside, right? Sunnyside. Where he claimed to be checking himself in, saying, I have nothing to live for anymore is what he told officers. So he was going to check himself in, I guess, is for needing help. Duh. <laughs> you had only done that a couple yeah, days I before, Yeah, I was just going to say, maybe you should right. have done that years before. Right? They put him on an involuntary psychiatric hold, and then 11 hours later, officers arrested him for conspiracy to commit murder. This is good. <laughs> a transcript from his police interview reads, Mike says, am I under arrest? And the detective... Steve Over says, at this point you are. So what I'd like to do is re-advise you of your Miranda rights. Nice. And Mike says, you're not going to believe my side of the story. And Detective says, why is that? We haven't heard your side of the story. So, <laughs> so. And Mike, Mike answered, my side of the story is so fucking off the wall. Huh. Okay. Well, your wife had someone attack her and she killed him. Yeah. I, you, what the, else? The bar got? is pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bring it. Right. <laughs> Susan filed for divorce the day after the arrest. She's like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> done with you. Stupid ass. You know, we let Chains this drag nothing. out for a year. <laughs> and yeah. now I'm like, the end. Authorities didn't buy Mike's pleas of innocence or his alibi that he'd been at the beach. Um, <laughs> he tried to deny that he knew Ed Haffey. Oh, but detectives already had employment records from <laughs> Fantasy Adult Video proving <laughs> he was his boss. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're not getting right? out of that one, dude. So then he changed his story and he said, I didn't do anything. Just because I know the guy doesn't mean I did anything. <laughs> dude. But he's, police had other bright. evidence. No, he's not very bright. No. It's, you know. It's all those shit sandwiches he's been eating. It's no good for you. <laughs> it's not. It messes with the gut and the gut helps the brain. Exactly. It's all stop. tied together. It it's is. all one system. 
Um, so the other evidence that they had was there was no signs of forced entry at Susan's home. And security records showed that someone had disabled the alarm at the house while Susan was at work. Mm-hmm. They didn't set it off. They knew the code. Mm-hmm. So yep, Mike later too. said, well, yeah, I did that when I was dropping off the note about going to the beach. But he denied letting Happy inside. Also, he left the note in the mudroom and she didn't have to undo the alarm until she went past the mudroom into the kitchen. Right, right. So, so he would have no reason to disarm <laughs> the alarm. Right? <sighs> right. A few weeks later, a former cellmate of Haffy's, the guy who was the actual killer, okay. um, contacted police saying that Haffy had asked him to join a burglary insurance scam thing that he was going to do. He and Haffy met a guy at Southeast 82nd Avenue and Division Streets. He named Mike Kuhnhausen as the man who offered to pay him $5,000 if he helped Haffy kill his wife. Wow. But this guy turned him down. Maybe because... Happy was getting 50 and this guy was only getting yeah. five. I'd be like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Why but am I cheaper? I'll, I'll hold the door open, but that's as far as I'm going. Like, I'm five grand, please. Um, <laughs> cheapskate. Yeah. Um, Bottom dollar. A few, months, <laughs> a few months after that, another witness told the police that he had driven Happy to meet a bald man in the parking lot of an Applebee's, you know, where all, all the bald uh, men hang out. <laughs> All the bald men hang out, and that's where like the the serious crimes go down. Yeah, you know, it that's is. Where there's a lot of you know the Applebee's. Um, so the parking lot of an Applebee's near Interstate 205. Days after that, this guy saw a, uh, that same man's picture in the news after uh, Susan's attack, and the wow. man in the picture was Mike. So he oh. was like, "Oh, that's the guy we met at the Applebee's." Police, <laughs> you know. It is. <laughs> I know that guy from Applebee's. Um, <laughs> So on August 30th, 2007, almost a full year after the attack, Mike pleaded guilty to soliciting Susan's murder. He was sentenced to just 10 years for solicitation to commit aggravated murder. That's insane. 10 years. I don't know if it's also because like, I mean, I feel like that's not a lot. No. And the other guy only got nine years and she was killed. Because when That's I was true. first looking that I know. up, I was, yeah, I was like, well, did he only get 10 years because it didn't happen? Like, it didn't yeah. go down? Like, she fought him back, which wasn't, right. you know, that was her good, not, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, the other guy had only gotten, what, yeah. nine? And that was a dismembered body. So, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Portland, step up your, yeah. uh, what are you? your game there. <laughs> he should have at least guys. gotten 17 years since she had to put up with him for 17 years. Yes. See, now that would have been justice. Mm-hmm. So... In the years after the attack, Susan had bought a new home and she had surrounded it with gravel so that she could hear anyone approaching. Oh. She was, oh, this really traumatized, traumatized. Yeah. Um, which honestly, I don't know. I mean, it would traumatize me, but she took him down. Yeah. I'd be like, like, come at me. Yeah. Like, you freaking <laughs> what killed else somebody, got, woman. Right? Yeah. Um, You're the badass here, woman. Right. She should actually feel pretty confident. Yeah. But she, she didn't. She took up the gun. She learned to shoot it in self-defense. Her paranoia grew. She took different oh. routes every time she drove, and she always kept the doors locked and the windows rolled up. Oh, so this, this mess with yeah. her, right? In 2014, Mike had served eight of his 10 years, and he was up for parole, and the possibility of an early release was likely. Why? So he was only going to be in there for 10 years, right? Ugh. Susan was incredibly anxious and fearful. Oh. 
Yeah. However, Mike three months parole hearing. Prostate cancer had spread to his <gasps> bones, which apparently is an incredibly excruciating and painful way to die. Oh my God, karma. So mm-hmm. karma, justice was mm-hmm. served there. Unfortunately, oh she had to know that he, you know, she was freaking out he was going to get out. So at least yeah. she didn't have to worry about him getting out on parole. Right. He wasn't going to send anybody else or try to finish the job himself. And, you know, he his death, he didn't get off very easy. Right. So. Wow. God, that's amazing. Um, so since then, uh, Susan has gone back to her maiden name, Susan Walters. She retired from nursing in December of 2014, but she's still helping people. She created her own organization with the help of fellow victims of trauma. She helped create a website called casecompanion.org, where victims of violence in Multnomah County, Oregon, can get help and support. Oh, that's amazing. So she's still... She's still... She's still a hero. Back. Yeah. Right? Oh, she's still helping people. I love her. Uh-huh. She's awesome. I think that's awesome. So we need a badass sticker of Susan with hero. it. She does not feel like a hero, but she is. Right. We need a badass sticker what, of Susan. claw hammer? <laughs> yes. With a claw hammer. Like, badass Susan. With a claw hammer? Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, badass. Uh, yeah, there's gotta be, mm-hmm. I'm a badass. Badass. It just Come at me, bro. Badass. <laughs> so that's the story that was in the papers. <laughs> that was the story that was in the papers uh, a couple years ago about the woman who um, fought off her attacker and said, tell me who said you or I'll call you and I'll call you a fucking ambulance. That was beautiful. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh no. So sources for this episode include murderpedia.com. Rare.us, that one was weird. KATU.com, Channel 2, ABC, and Ranker.com. Good tips right? for listeners. So, too, yeah, if someone's coming, yeah, if someone's coming at you, step into them because they can't, you know, Leverage. like if they try to, yeah. try to take a swing at you or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, if someone's standing over you with a hammer, as much as you think you won't want them to, pull them onto you that to is- the floor so cool it's almost like fighting your instincts to the core doing the exact opposite so yeah i mean i always wondered that too like i took a self-defense class like right before i left for college Mm -hmm. so so long ago that i really don't remember anything but i remembered even then thinking would Would i yeah would would i I know what to do if i was actually in the situation and i was freaking out thank you for listening everybody thank you thank you for listening um go susan wherever you may be now we love you Uh, you go girl we love you uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and supporting us and our new uh, Patreon supporters. Thank you. Yeah, oh my gosh, we love so you guys. Awesome. It's so cool. Uh, Can't wait to send you just, stickers and stuff. Please sign up at Patreon. We, we'll send you stickers. It's we true. will shout out to you on our podcast. There's we will all sorts of things do other things. Mm-hmm. Or buy me a cup of coffee. Yes, buy me a coffee. Did I say it right? <laughs> buy me a coffee. <laughs> I've got to get that right. You'd like, you'd like putting the cup in there, you know? You're like, that's <laughs> not well, one. I really not. I just want one. One cup. <laughs> Could you make it a grande? Buymeacoffee.com. <laughs> that, that's a one-time support donation that we totally appreciate, too, to help us to come up with more content and to keep all this stuff going. If, if you can't support us in any other way, like us on Facebook, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Apple Podcasts. Oh, okay. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You don't even have to, like, say anything. Just, yeah. just give us a... You know, just give us some stars. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're, apparently, we're on iHeartRadio now, mm-hmm. and people are listening to us on that. So that's kind of cool. So cool. 
images from this story, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ODFM Podcast, or on our website at odfmpodcast.com, where you'll also find a link to our merch store, where you can get awesome stuff like t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. And if the weekly podcast just isn't enough to fill your ODFM cup full, join our fan club on Patreon for more content like minisodes, bloopers, and discounts at our merch store. That site is patreon.com slash ODFM podcast. And if you do love our bloopers and need more than we naturally do, which is a lot, buy us a glass of wine at buymeacoffee.com slash ODFM podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true. The comments and opinions are not. We apologize if any of our content is harmful or disrespectful. 